I want to thank you for listening and for all your support as we at Death, Sex, and Money have made our move to Slate. Your stories, voice memos, and emails have meant so much to the team. As part of this transition, there's a new way to support our show financially at Slate, our new home. And you'll get something special in return. Subscribe to Slate Plus, and you'll not only support our work on death, sex, and money, you'll get access to new benefits, including listening to us and all of the other great shows Slate makes, like Slow Burn and Dakota Ring, without any ads or sponsor breaks. To subscribe, just click Try Free at the top of the Death, Sex, and Money show page on Apple Podcasts or visit slate.com slash DSM plus to get access wherever you listen. Thanks. A couple of friends that have approached me have asked me, Dan, why in the world did you agree to do this podcast? Why did you put yourself out there? You sound like a complete idiot. Hey, it's Anna with an update in our Hot Date series, this time from Dan. And I told him that I'm getting out there and describing what I, as a white heterosexual man, did and what I do now and the realizations that I've come to and the lessons learned and what I'm doing differently. Dan is the 41-year-old widower in Seattle who's back in the dating pool after his wife died last year. A lot of you had strong reactions to some of the things Dan said about consent in our first interview, including how he's trying to behave differently than earlier in his dating life. This is what he told me in that conversation. Well, what I would have done before is I would have initiated physical contact and I would have kept going. And she said, whoa, not this. I simply would have switched tactics. He also told me as he's dating now, after Me Too... He won't make a move at all unless he gets a clear, verbal, and sober yes. But in a voice memo he sent afterward, he said that's been a little frustrating because he feels like the women he's dating don't actually find that kind of communication attractive. One of the phrases I keep hearing over and over again is, I'm tired of making decisions. I want the man to make decisions for a change. I called Dan up to talk about this and some of your reactions to his first interview. I want to read you an excerpt from an email and get your response. Um, And the listener says, Dan's interview made me want to scream. I feel like he's misinformed, and sadly, his definition of pursuing women has nothing to do with me, too. Dan, don't be afraid of communicating and asking questions. Going for the avoid trouble at all cost just means that you're not doing the work, and women, surprise, surprise, are faced with the same maze of figuring out your needs and what your love language is. I promise we all want you to date. We just want to be heard and also respected, not treated like we are a ticking time bomb. How does that sound to you? It's valid, and I agree with it. The counterpoint, I would say to that, is, and I know this is going to sound trite, not all women are like that. If I have a woman that comes at me and says, you know, I want to be pursued, I am dominant in my career and in my personal life, my romantic life, I do not want to be dominant, I want to be submissive, I want you to make all the decisions, then the approach that the uh, the writer is requesting does not work. 
I I was struck by in the the first voice memo that you sent in the voice memo that you sent where you were reflecting on this more that I really related to that like feeling as a woman of just like oh my god in my romantic life I would just really like someone to show up and make me feel like I don't have to be in charge of it um but somehow for me when I think of that you know, I, I I think that's part of what my, my attraction was to my now husband, in fact, was that sense of like, oh, this is someone who like can anticipate when I'm hungry and will make me a meal. But I never felt like there was a contradiction between that and uh, like when we were intimate communicating that I wanted things to unfold as they were unfolding you know, if, if if he had put his hand on my upper thigh and I had moved his hand away, that seems like a different signal than saying, I want you to make decisions about where we're going to dinner tonight. It is a different signal. As I was raised, the messaging to men was, if she needs your hand, okay, try somewhere else. You know, be aggressive, be assertive, be in charge. And I wonder if that be in charge statement. The problem lies in how it's interpreted by men versus by women. Um, Nowadays, I worry that my girlfriend will think less of me if I ask her a lot of questions or I'm always checking in with her to say, do you like this? Do you like that? There's this worry in the back of my head. Am I losing my masculinity by asking too many questions? And emotionally, as a man, I do have a negative reaction to that because I'm supposed to be certain. Since we first spoke, Dan has been working through some of these questions in a new relationship with a woman he met online and is now dating exclusively. She wants to be submissive in the relationship and she wants me to make the decisions. Um, So in me, I do worry Am I asking too much? Does she want me to just make more assumptions? But I ask because I respect her and I want to do right by her. I want to be the best boyfriend I can for her, the best partner. What was the conversation like with the woman you're seeing now? That that How did you learn that she prefers, as you said, to be submissive? We talked over that at the first uh, dinner date. Uh, We met for dinner in a pub, and we got to talking. And apparently I I did well enough on the date that, you know, she felt safe to say, you know, I want a man to take initiative and make the decisions in our romantic life. And did you say what you said to me? Like, I understand. I hear hear what you're saying. I'm a little bit... um, unsure about how to do that in this moment like i'm a i'm i'm nervous about what taking charge means now yes yes not in those words but yes what i did was i said i have dating rules and i don't make any first contact or i don't pursue for you know the first three to five dates I didn't kiss her and I didn't make any kind of moves towards her on the first date. And I said, I want to get to know you. I want you to feel safe around me. And I don't know if that is the standard practice for consent 
I simply don't know, but I, that's the best I can do. And that's, that's what I've been doing and just laying it out and saying, this is what I can do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I want. And hopefully you'll work with me on that. Dan is thinking a lot about how expectations for men are changing right now. And he's not alone. Next week, on July 11th, we're continuing the conversation we started in our episode, Manhood Now, with a call-in on public radio stations around the country. Find the details at deathsexmoney.org. And one more thing Dan is trying to navigate right now, dance steps. His new girlfriend loves to two-step. Dan doesn't know how. So he's going to lessons with her and practicing a lot, including at work. It's a... It's a big factor, and there's an outer concrete loop. And if you loop it five times in 15 minutes, it's a mile. And so I'll play country two-step songs, and I'll two-step for 15 minutes all the way around the inside of the factory, and everybody looks at me as I'm going. Wait, so you practice two-stepping inside at work? Yes, I do. By yourself? By myself. If I just put on the headphones and I go, and I tell myself I'm six foot four and over 300 pounds, nobody's going to say anything to me. And I just power through, you know, the the feeling of uh, being very vulnerable, and I go with it because it's worth it. 